Hey, everyone. Welcome to Lockdown Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, has Darvin Ham set the starting five for the Lakers? It kind of seems like he has. We'll explain next. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everyone for making Locked on Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where your podcasts, where you get them from. I got something in my eye. You can always free, never behind a paywall. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, hang out with over 21,000 subscribers to the channel, um, all of whom, Andy, I think are getting really excited for the season, which is almost here. The Lakers have played five of an absurd six preseason games, uh, two of them over the weekend. They got uh, the sixth one coming up on Thursday before the season opener in Denver the following week. Um, lots to cover uh, this week on the show, uh, including reaction to those games, what Anthony Davis is looking like, injury updates, including Jared Vanderbilt, which impacts uh, the starting five and questions about that. Uh, but let's let's begin, Andy, with a little bit of reaction to the two games we saw this weekend. Both losses for the Lakers. They lost on Saturday to um, the Warriors at the Crypt, and um, on I'm sorry, on Friday to the Warriors at the Crypt, and on Sunday to the uh, Bucks. Um, I guess they just can't win at home. <laughs> no home court advantage. Um, what do you think? What stuck out? Um, that. In the in the quarters, the halves when it's featuring guys that either are rotation locks or the strongest possibilities to end up part of the rotation, the Lakers have looked really good. Yeah, like they, they've consistently looked very good, very synergized. You know, things can look a little bit more raggedy. Like if you're playing without, say, LeBron, who is still at this stage going to be the guy most responsible for organizing the off uh, the offense. Still, the guy that defenses just key on, right? Constantly devote a lot of their attention to Sunday. But. Just for reference, Sunday night, the Lakers played without LeBron, Austin Reeves, Gabe Vincent, uh, Jalen Hood, Shafino, and uh, Jared Vanderbilt. So they're down one, two, three ball handlers in that group. Four, well, I'm sorry, four ball handlers Reeves, James, um, Vincent, and Hood, Shafino, which explains why that last group in particular looked pretty raggedy. <laughs> like they needed they needed a little help. Right. But in the moments where they've had guys that figure to be a big part of the rotation moving forward, I think the team has looked great. In particular, what I've found really promising, the offense, which has been – wasn't just more of a problem than the defense last season. It's frankly been a bigger problem during the entire LeBron AD era despite having – LeBron and AD in that era. Yeah. And this is this, this and there's a bunch there are a bunch of different reasons for that we don't need to rehash them all, but that they've come out of the gate this strong but also this comfortably offensively and with and with so many guys who look like they are really good fits with each other. I just think that gives me a that gives me a lot of optimism about what lies ahead. Yeah, I want to get into the offense for sure because you know the shooting again. the The percentages get a little goofy um, by the end of the games. You know they can be they can be misleading in either direction. But they shot forty four percent 
from three against the Warriors on Friday. And while that dropped 26% against the Bucks, um, to some degree that falls off based on who's shooting off the bench later in the games. Um, the, the, in the first quarter, for example, against the, the, the Bucks, the Lakers got off to a really nice start offensively. In part, AD steps out, hits a three, and Christian Wood hits a three. So, like, they're, they're, the shooting has been, has been real. Well, to put I, this I in perspective it, a little further, Brian, really sure. quick, uh, Friday against Golden State, among the nine players that, you, that played that night that you figure either are locks to be in the rotation or are in pretty serious competition for a regular rotation spot, the Lakers shot 13 of 23 from behind the arc. Yeah. And, and, that's, and overall offensively, 58%. That's not sustainable, but it's like it's the shot quality. That really sticks out, and you know, I, I think you know. I, w- I want to get into other guys. We're going to talk about Torian Prince, um, who has started started on Friday, started on Sunday, um, will start on I think on on uh, Thursday for the final preseason game. Started the game before that as well, right? In part because Jared Vanderbilt is not playing and he's injured, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, his availability for the opening night against Denver is, I guess now, kind of in question. Darvin said, we'll see, when he was asked about that after the game on on Sunday. But you know, it really starts with Anthony Davis because LeBron has missed now two of the, you know, as, you know he, he will play in the, the sixth game, which will give him three um, in this preseason. AD's been there for, for more of that. And he has looked... Phenomenal. Um, on Friday, you know, the shooting percentage was below 50%. He was three of eight from the floor, but he shot seven free throws. On Sunday, he was five of eight from the floor and got the line five times, 16 points in 19 minutes. He had f- seven rebounds on Sunday, five assists, two steals, two blocks. Um, you know, Darvin Ham called him, you know, he filled up the box score with all the other stuff on, on Friday as well. Darwin has called him the heart and soul of the team. He called him that on on Sunday. I thought that was a, a very strong statement in, in praising all of his good work in the preseason. But to call him that and call him a catalyst and all these other things, it's really clear the Lakers are are trying to tilt this thing. Where I get, It's a LeBron team. I get it. But putting Anthony Davis at the core of what they're doing, because Friday night, they legitimately ran LeBron away from the ball a lot. He was cutting and moving and all that kind of stuff, which must be terrifying for a defense. Um, and if they're doing that, like Anthony Davis really does become the focal point of what they're doing offensively. Well, LeBron said that AD was the face of the organization right now. So he is the face, he is the heart, he is the soul. He's becoming the everything of the team. And this is something that the organization has needed from Anthony Davis for a while. It has needed to feel like he is the most important player on the court. Like LeBron's voice is going to matter more than Anthony Davis because with all due respect to AD, you know, top 75 player, future Hall of Famer, he ain't LeBron because there's only one or two players in the history of the game who are LeBron. You know, LeBron is arguably the best leader in the NBA. He's been one of the best leaders over the past few decades. So that voice is – LeBron has been there, done that, 
as any player in the league other than maybe Steph. So there's nobody whose voice is going to carry more gravitas, but AD needs to be on the court the most consequential player on this team, period. If this is if this is going to work, if they're going to pick up from a Western Conference Finals appearance and build on that to the finals, build on that to trying to win the championship, it's got to be AD. That cannot be emphasized enough. It can't be drilled into AD's head enough. And I, th- I think he's somebody that needs to hear that stuff, I think, frequently. I think it's good for AD to hear that. I agree. And not just because it gives, of the confidence, but also a reminder of the responsibility. And you know, you go back, the shooting is is really becoming interesting because he, he made one of two threes on Friday. He made one of two threes on Sunday. Again, he played short minutes in, in both of these games. So, you know, the volume, you wouldn't expect him to take five three-pointers and a half, and he's basically just playing halves of these games. Um, just a game, hit, according to Darvin. It is. Um, he, he, I think he hit a 20-footer on Sunday. You know, it's just like they're, they, you know, the mid-range, the confidence in just the jump shot whether it's 17, 15, 19, 23, whatever it might be. That, I think we talked about earlier last week, like that was that's what's behind Darvin saying, yeah, take six threes. Let's get out there and do it. We, we want you taking it. Like, it's not the three-pointer. It's the confidence in taking the open shot when you have it, regardless of where it is, and open up and believe in every aspect of your game. Um Darvin, uh, I think Andy is, in addition to all the other guys we want to get into, I think he has hinted at uh, pretty firmly at who will be uh, the the regular season starting five. So we'll we'll get into uh, more reaction for the weekend and that starters question next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Game Time. And years ago, some friends of mine and I, we went to go see LL Cool J in Los Angeles at the now defunct House of Blues Really last minute idea. We didn't know how we'd get tickets, so we tried buying them from a scalper. Turns out they were fake. Yes. And it was only E L E L cool with a K J A Y. Yeah, we should have known. And <laughs> we, through a totally bit of random, unrepeatable luck, we managed to get into the show. But I vowed after that experience, never again, because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. And that's why I love game time the fast, easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy shows in theater near you and with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun. They offer images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and the game time guarantee means you get the best price. Always, if you find tickets in the best section, a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app. Create an account and use Locked On NBA for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code Locked On NBA, twenty bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Real quick before we get to uh, the starting five, just sure. I want to add something. Still a couple other things you know, that, that to, that popped out over the weekend. So yeah, sure. I just wanted to add to your point about AD. And the idea of Darwin encouraging these jump shots, encouraging mid-range, behind the arc, whatever. I think part of that also comes from the idea that not only do you want AD taking those shots, they're likely going to be good ones. 
because AD doesn't take bad shots. If anything, really you sometimes you're right. If anything, there are times where you look, you'd maybe look for him to force a few shots just because you're Anthony Effen Davis and you have the license to do that if you want to, because superstars get, you know, that yeah, get it's, that a really, it's a really road. good point. So I, I think that's part of it. It's just like, dude, we've we've talked about this. AD is a lot like POW in that they're both rule followers when it comes to the offense. And that's great. But every now and then you need your superstars to say, you know what, I'm going to put up that shot because I want to, and maybe it's really contested. Maybe it's not the most ideal shot, but I've earned the right to do it. And AD is not going to abuse it. So I think that's why you encourage stuff. And, you know, the, the shot quality, as we've sort of talked about, the, the, just the, the overall shot quality from what the Lakers are getting this preseason has been so good um, that almost nobody is taking bad shots. Like, there haven't been... Rui's taken a few. <laughs> Rui's, Rui's forced a few. Uh, but you understand what I'm getting at. Yes, like, I do. I yeah. think he's looking to be super aggressive, and I think they want him to be super aggressive. Right. And but but most of his shots, I'm not I don't mean like every shot has to be wide open. The guys are allowed to put up, you know, take the ball aggressively to the basket or whatever, but like there's been very little WTF. That is true. In, that is in true. what these guys are doing. And you know, you force a shot, you're trying something. It is the preseason. You do sure. want to, you know, maybe, you know, take a, a shot out that you've been working on and see what it looks like against a defense that doesn't belong to your own team. Um, but just the, the, the overall shot quality has been there, um, you know, 108-97, the final score against uh, the Bucks over the week uh, on Sunday. But, you know, the Lakers led after the first quarter, 29-28. They were minus four in the second quarter. It was basically a tie game at halftime. And then the core rotation guys essentially sat down. Um, you look at D'Lo, had another strong game. I thought he played pretty well on Sunday. I thought he played well on... Played uh, terrific on Friday. On Friday. You know, Austin Reeves looked phenomenal on Friday. Like, just the whole thing with the starters and the, the core bench players against the Warriors was was strong. Um, Torian Prince, Andy... Uh, was four of five from three point range, five of six overall on Friday. He made three threes almost in succession. Mm -hmm. It was almost back to back to back. And he, then he had another basket like 20 seconds after that one. This is all in the second half. Yeah. I mean, it, th that performance kind of made the two for five he went from three on Sunday kind of look, you know pedestrian and kind of crappy by comparison like you're only shooting 40 percent from three like what's up with that that's um, what he promised no more no less no no i think he I, I don't know if he he meant that promise in the sense that he couldn't shoot higher i didn't think he meant he was going to shoot exactly 40 percent maybe he's a literalist yeah maybe um that he, that, what does he what does he call it that's his occupation Man, yes it's his occupation man's got to have a code so um Darwin was asked if this was the starting five and kind of laughed it off with a like a little wink, almost basically like, you know, we'll see. I, but yes, it seems to be the answer. Um, the offense has looked so good. This is before you start to factor in the fact that Vanderbilt hasn't been able to play, won't be able to play in the preseason finale, may not be able to play in the regular season finale. That has an influence on this, obviously. But even without that, 
Prince has played so well and fit in so well with that starting group. And it's not like it doesn't make sense to put him in that starting lineup. He's one of the guys we've talked about as a really good fit potentially there. He's going to be the guy who starts on opening night, right? It feels that way. I mean, some of this, as you mentioned, is Vanderbilt's absence because I think Jared was in legitimate consideration for this. And I, there had been some reporting that Vanderbilt was starting to gain some steam as that fifth, you know, TBD starter. You know, right. both and of he us hit a couple. You know, he hit the corner threes early right. in the preseason. You know, and and we know what he can do with that. You know, defensive versatility and utility, particularly when it comes to guarding perimeter opponents. You know, guys. You know, point guards, shooting guards, you know, the type of wings that you don't necessarily want to have LeBron, Austin, or D'Lo start on or have as their primary assignment for 30-something minutes. Yeah. But, you know, that being said, Torian Prince is a solid defender. I don't think he's exactly the same type of defender in terms of the type of guys that he, that he can defend. But he's not somebody that you worry about having out there because of his defense. And then in the meantime... The shooting has been so good. He's also been putting the ball on the floor a lot. Like he's been very aggressively looking for different shots, even though he's not forcing a thing. Like he's only taking stuff that really is there right in front of him. Like Torian Prince has not done anything where like, okay, man, yeah. that's a little much. Did you realize how quickly he his, he gets his shot off? I didn't, you know, and so again, watched Torian Prince play, but you don't focus on guys in the same way. He does not need a lot of space to take a clean three. Uh, I didn't realize he was that quick. Yeah, he's been really good with it. And just his energy is really high, too. I mean, like that's a place where he and Vanderbilt are fairly interchangeable. Like they just both play very high energy, really hustle their asses off really make the most of their minutes. And both of them, I think, have a very similar mindset, even though they're not the same player at all. It's very much just, I will do whatever is asked of me. Darvin talked about how Torian is not a player you need to coddle at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he meant as a shot at anybody else on this team. It was just like, look, he he will do whatever is asked. He's a pro. I think he is a guy... In, in many ways, like if Christian Wood is looking for a template, he's got it in in actually both Vanderbilt and Prince. These are first-round picks. These are not guys who are, you know, were lightly recruited out of high school and clawed their way into the league, like through the back door. And, and They're all not that. Gabe Vincent. Correct. Or, you know, Austin Reeves or Colin Castleton or Patrick Beverly or like, you know, guys who... These are are, are first-rounders, but Prince has been around long enough to know exactly what his role is in the NBA. He's gotten, you know, gone through a couple contract negotiations. He just signed for a mid-level. He's not, you know, the small mid-level. He's not somebody who is, you know, gunning for that big contract anymore. And he knows what his value is around the league and how to play a role and how to fill it. And Vanderbilt is the same way. When... When you look at what the Lakers could get out of that fifth starter role, I understand the value of defense. I understand the value of what Vanderbilt does and and can do. But if you're getting a lot of the same qualities as you do with Vanderbilt with Prince, 
and you can overcome some of the rebounding gap and stuff like that. And other guys are gonna have to make up for it. So it's not just on um AD. You know, LeBron will pick up some of that. And you, you know, Reeves not a terrible rebounder to size, but you know, all that stuff, everybody can do it. The quality of the offense has been so good. And when you want to take off pressure off of Anthony Davis, when you want to take pressure off of LeBron, especially, it makes a really big difference to have that guy out there who's a low usage, gravity inducing player who really is reliable in shooting from those places. Yeah. I mean, it's they're not similar players in terms of their skill sets, but Prince and Vanderbilt are both similar in the way that ultimately I think is the reason Rui should not start is Rui is not a low usage player. And if you put him out there as that fifth starter, which I think he's good enough to be on this team in terms of talent, Rui can do it in terms of utility. I don't think it's the best use for him. Like Torian Prince and Jared Vanderbilt, both I think have much more utility as that fifth starter and can be slotted into a role that makes sense for either one of them mm-hmm. more easily than if you make Rui the fifth starter. Oh, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Um, there's an interesting knock-on effect of, of this move uh, of moving Prince in the lineup and um, the Vanderbilt injury and what being potentially out, let's say he misses a couple games uh, into the regular season. Um, I want I want to talk about that next. I do want to remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Uh, again, it's the Game Time app. Use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off. Um, so yeah, we'll get into that and uh, interesting stuff from D'Lo if we have time for that uh, before the end of the show. Uh, all that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by BetterHelp, and it's really easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you to never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself and for yourself. It's hard to balance being there for your significant other, for your children, for your extended family, for work, but then remembering to be there for yourself. And we all spend our time giving, but that can leave you feeling stretched out and you know stretched thin and burned out. And unfortunately, life does not come with a user manual. And what's not working for you, it's normal easy to feel stuck. And I can speak to how much therapy helped me during an extremely difficult period in my life for me and my family. And sitting down, talking with someone was huge. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, successful anywhere, 100% online, no waiting rooms, no traffic. Plus it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't working, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. So if you want to live a more empowered life, Therapy can help get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to, to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on. So, Andy, one of the things that we noted um, when we've kind of been breaking down the rotation here is a reason to start Jared Vanderbilt as opposed to Torian Prince um, is that if you don't start Vanderbilt, it becomes much harder to figure out when he's going to play. Um, Quite possibly. Rui's going to get big. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying it reduces him to a two-minute role or that he's a DNP. Um, but, you know, Rui is going to get a lot of minutes, and Christian Wood is going to play. And, um, you know, just when you start to put in... Max Christie's going to play. 
or somebody at that two guard slot. Right. Um, and Gabe Vincent's going to be out, and, there. and Prince is going to play. Right. So, like, you start to when you start to to kind of figure out where the minutes are going to come from and how this is going to look and the combinations that make sense in terms of spacing and giving guys the room to do stuff and whatever. It is, it is, it's not obviously impossible for Vanderbilt to pl- get minutes when he comes off the bench, but it's significantly easier to figure out how to do it when he starts. Yeah. So I, with with that in mind, what I was thinking is let's say he misses, you know, this heel thing that the Lakers are have been monitoring that or last week it was, oh yeah, he'll be ready for opening night. Now we're getting a maybe. We'll see how that goes. Um, if he does miss a little bit of time, the impact on the Lakers' rotation, if Prince has already kind of locked up that starting spot, might actually be smaller than than you would think with somebody who kind of feels important like Vanderbilt they just gave a big extension to. Um, well, the, it's important to remember the extension doesn't really kick into next year. So, no, but, I, but you as a reminder I mean. to other – Right, but sure, as a reminder to other people – it makes him feel like a more important player on the right, roster. Absolutely. But the, right. But the minute people hear about extensions, they, I think sometimes start thinking about the money's worth that you want to get for a player on that new extension money. And it's just, again, important to remember that sure. if you're thinking about it along those terms, Jared Vanderbilt's new money doesn't actually kick in until next season. As far as though the question you're raising about what happens to him, if say he starts the season, unable to play and Torian Prince locks up that spot and you're just figuring out the different trickle down ramifications of the roster to some degree. I think this gets determined by where Jackson Hayes fits in and, and really that's a good point. And cause Darwin's been playing Hayes and he's been giving him a very long extended look. And I think for the most part, Hayes has actually played pretty well. I agree. Um, he's shown his utility. He's shown there there are at least one or one or two times per game where you see Jackson Hayes go and you go, all right, I get why I get why you envision something for him. Like I, I get why the Pelicans took him as a lottery pick. I get why the Lakers would want to take a flyer on him. I get why, you know, coaches in New Orleans kept trying to find ways to make Jackson Hayes a thing. Yep. Um but like the idea of, okay, do you get, if you're thinking about some deep bench units that are mostly reserves without some of the starters in there, can Rui, Hayes, and Wood play together? Like, do you get enough spacing offensively? Do you get enough uh, integrity defensively with those three there? Because if, say, those three as a foundation can play together for at least some amount of time, that truly starts squeezing Vanderbilt's opportunities unless, yeah. unless theoretically, Vincent, Rui, and Wood gives you so much spacing and say it turns out Max Christie isn't ready or they just, they just feel like he's not capable of doing like a 12 to 15 minute roll and there's enough spacing, you could theoretically play Jared Vanderbilt essentially as a defensive wing stopper, you know, in the second unit, like there's a possibility there if there's enough space there. Um, I don't think the odds of that are high in part because I think Christie's going to be in the rotation, like as far as that scenario goes. But, but you know, the, I, 
when making that calculation about how hard it could be to, to, to get Vanderbilt in there was doing that with the assumption that Hayes wasn't going to play very much. And so if you start to add Hayes to this, by the way, a phenomenal problem for the Lakers to have is that makes it even harder. Yeah. Um, and so again, great problem for Darwin and the Lakers, but you're right of all the, like I've been pleased and we'll, we'll get to D'Lo in the next show. He said some he, D'Lo had a, a great comp, like for people who are wondering whether or not, you know, he's looking at the right stuff and the right, the, you know, kind of uh, approaching this season with it, with a good headspace and with a good model. <clears throat> the answer based on some of the responses from Sunday is yes. Um, so we'll, we'll probably get to that tomorrow. Um, the, the guy that I've been most surprised by in terms of not having particularly high expectations and is, is Hayes. Because everybody else is kind of it's it's come together in ways that I've been like, wow, this is really great. But the individual performances, Hachimura shooting a little better than than I you know kind of thought, like based on his regular season track record and stuff like that. But like it's it's Hayes, like that's the guy I look at and say it's not perfect, it's not flawless, but like I am no longer that skeptical. I'm less skeptical about the idea that they could get twelve minutes a night out of Hayes, even when Anthony Davis and Christian Wood are both available. And then when Wood or when when Davis misses games, like, okay, I can see what what Hayes or what Hayes can do for them. Absolutely. Yeah. I so I, I think sometimes the structure and the change of, of the change of venue and the simplification of a role can help. Well, I mean, look at Rui. I mean that yeah. I mean, Rui spent three and a half seasons in Washington, whether you think the problem was the rudderlessness of the Wizards since, I don't know, blank, um, or right. you know, or Rui being overdrafted, Rui not having the right mindset, the personal issues that were going on for Rui, like all all of it to some degree, like whatever, he fits very well here, and the Lakers with I think much more structure and somebody like LeBron to be your mentor and Phil Handy to help in certain ways, guide that mentorship and Darwin, who is a really good players coach, like that can yeah. make a difference. I, I imagine what they've seen from Rui gives them confidence, you know, in taking that flyer on Hayes or taking that flyer on Cam Reddish, like the idea of we can unlock things. Um, all right. So let's, let's, uh, we'll stick with kind of figuring out these lineup things and who has played themselves in the rotation, who is not Max Christie, think certainly has done some particularly in those moments when he's being asked to do what he'll do in real minutes during the regular season agree with you Andy is I think shown that he's going to be somewhere in the rotation at the beginning of the season at the very least Darwin's going to have trouble not going 11 deep um, <laughs> which is hard to do in the NBA like nine is what I think what most coaches like 10 is an early season stretch 11 is damn near impossible but I love this problem. I so love this problem. We've not been here in so long, Andy. I love this problem. It's the kind of thing that makes me want to play the Game Time app. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can download it, create an account, use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off my first purchase. I'm just so excited. I want to play. And game we time. get credentials. We don't even need the tickets. I don't, don't even need it. Don't even need the tickets. Don't even. I just, I just want to get out there and use my Game Time app <laughs> and and go to events and find real LL Cool J tickets and do all that stuff. Uh, and just play around on that thing and go Don't to see go to House of Blues. Now that's a fake ticket. 
No, <laughs> no. <laughs> that is a fake ticket. If anybody's selling you tickets to the sports arena, don't go to that either. Those are fake. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I want to play around on that app and just find cool stuff to go to. Lockdown Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, uh, hang out with uh, upwards of 21,000 and counting uh, subscribers, all of whom getting ready for this very deep, very solid, very good shooting Lakers team. Uh, and uh, we'll see everybody uh, tomorrow.